Praise God. It's great to see a full house on such a cold, cold day. And it's always great for me to be back here on campus whenever I have the opportunity. So thank you so much, Reverend Lagron and President Tenet for having me here. Let us pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning that as I stand before your people, that you may be able to use me to bring your word this morning. May the grace and your love engulf us here this morning as we listen to you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. We've just begun the new year, 2018, and I can't believe we're already on the 17th day of that year. And as you listen to the text being read this morning by Matt, thank you, I'm sure some of you are wondering if I'm still stuck in Thanksgiving, November. In some ways, yes, I'll take Thanksgiving, November, over this unpredictable weather of January, anytime. But really, who said that Thanksgiving should only be set up for November? How about a challenge for all of us to begin our new year with what you might call an attitude of gratitude for the rest of the year? This will be my challenge today. I'm sure that the reason just one day in the whole of the year in November has been set for us to remember Thanksgiving is because of our own present culture and society that has forgotten the importance of gratitude, daily gratitude to God. I remember watching a cartoonist movie that shows an hilarious Thanksgiving scene where the youngster of the family is asked to pray. And he says, okay. And he bows his head and says, thank you God for nothing because we bought all this food from Walmart. That is the society we are living in today. But the truth is, ingratitude is nothing new. The story of the healing of the 10 lepers is about ingratitude. Leprosy was the most dreaded of the ancient diseases. It was also believed to be very contagious, even though today we know it's really not as contagious as they believed. It was even made worse by its religious element of ritual and cleanliness. In fact, the Jewish law prescribed how lepers were supposed to live in the society. If you are to read Numbers 5 or Leviticus 13, you will see all the prescriptions of how the lepers were supposed to behave among the rest of the people. They could not get anywhere close, 50 yards away from clean people. Even in our story this morning, if you listened carefully, you will hear it read, and as Jesus entered a certain village, there met him 10 lepers, and they stood at a far distance. They could not come close to Jesus. Everywhere these poor men journeyed, they had the familiar words yelled out to them, unclean, leper. Some people would even hurl stones at them. Lepers were isolated. They had to live in the hell of loneliness. In the scripture story, Jesus heals the 10 lepers. The text says that nine of them go away. They are told, go, show yourself. 
nine of them go away. But on the way as they are going, the one out of the ten, where he realizes that he has been healed, he turns back and he comes and falls in front of Jesus and says, thank you. Thank you, Master, for what you have done. And Jesus asks, where are the other nine? I wonder, what was it about this one leper who came back? The Bible says that he was a Samaritan, a foreigner, meaning that maybe he had gotten used to being looked down upon by others spiritually and experienced that sense of never belonging in any place. And I wonder if this is what made him feel all the more grateful to have something good done to him. Maybe. And that could be the end of the story. Allow me, however, to offer an additional perspective that I've been, I've been thinking about. For a couple of weeks as I prepared for this message, I've been thinking about what could I really bring back to Asbury after being gone for so long. And two weeks ago, on a flight, when a pilot announced, we are now cruising at 30,000 feet and you may want to look out and see the beauty, I immediately realized that God had given me the message for today. It dawned on me that maybe, maybe the difference between that one leper that came back and said, thank you, Jesus, from the other nine who just went away, that maybe the difference has nothing to do with their personality, but rather their perspective, their attitude towards life. May I submit to you that at a very general level, there are two main perspectives to life. I will call this the ground perspective and the 30,000 feet perspective. Think of the ground perspective as the everyday ways that we live life. When on the ground we see what's ahead of us, and maybe some, if we turn outside, or a little bit, if we look behind, we might see what is really right ahead of us, but that's all. My view, for example, in this sanctuary is very limited by the walls that confine us in this particular space. And even here, I cannot tell everything that's happening. For example, if one of you is already bored and maybe are looking at your phone, I cannot tell because my perspective does not go that far. It's a very myopic view, very limited. Here are a few illustrative um, pictures, shots of a ground level perspective for you to see. And you can just wind through those because we see this every day. It's beautiful, don't get me wrong. Ground perspective, there's beautiful stuff. There's nice things like a pond we see here. There's nice mountains or a nice sun ray like that. Nothing wrong with the ground perspective, but it is myopic. It is very limited. Spiritually, when we are on a ground view, our life is totalized by our present experience. So if we are experiencing life challenges, like illnesses, losses, broken relationships, financial hardships, disappointments, they color our lives so much, so that even if we have blessings in the midst of these challenges, they are lost and meaningless. Past hurts, betrayals take away trust. We become very protective and defensive. 
our present interpretations, which on the ground view are hopeless, set the trajectory of what our future will be. They engulf us with fear and pessimism. At the ground level perspective, we have no capacity for faith because we cannot see beyond our present circumstances. We pray to God, and we even try to give up our, our worries and our anxieties, but because of fear, we take it all back and want to control the situations and the outcomes. We begin to manipulate people and situations because we are engulfed and can only see from this ground level. Even when good is done to us, we either take it for granted or we become suspicious and wonder, why is so-and-so being nice to me today? So we don't even have the capacity to be thankful. I wonder, when Jesus asks where are the other nine, if the true answer is that they were still caught on their ground level perspective. The second perspective, I will call it cruising on the 30,000 feet perspective. In fact, I remember as I was coming over, my husband asked me, so what exactly will, are you preaching on? I said, cruising at 30,000 feet perspective. And he said, huh? Is that in the Bible? 30,000 feet perspective generally is the cruising attitude of many, most planes, though it can vary by the length of the journey or the size of the aircraft. A cruising attitude is the attitude at which the plane spends most of its time. The air in the Earth's atmosphere at that uh, attitude increases, thus creating less resistance for the speed for the plane to be able to fly at an efficient speed and gas usage. Here is some what you might see at a 30,000 feet perspective. When I got this message, I took some shots, but some of them are actually from uh, different pictures. So just roll through those as much as you can. As you can see, the aerial view is so different from the ground view. There's life beyond the street myopic view. You get to see the small and the huge buildings, the layout of farms, the rivers, the variety of roof lines, the formation of clouds below you. It is such a different spectrum of the view of the same world we live in but never get to see. At 30,000 feet spiritual perspective, you are able to see the beacons of God's power in your past life. What God has already been doing in your life and how God continues to intervene in your life, in your family, in your work, in your school, whatever it is that you are caught in. A 30,000 feet perspective gives you an objective awareness of the world beyond your immediate world. It gives you the goosebumps of knowing the presence of God. It gives you a glimpse of the future by faith. At a spiritual 30,000 feet perspective, just as the air becomes thinner, creating rest resistance for the planes to move ahead, so is the same about faith in God. The more you get into the scriptures and prayer and meditation and dependence on God by faith, the less you resist God's will. Faith in God gives us 30,000 feet perspective. It anchors us against every day's worries because we know we worship a living, powerful, and responsive God. 
Faith gives us the eyes of God to see what God is already doing in our midst. And in that way, it gives us hope when we feel hopeless. Faith in God takes away the need for us to be in total control because we can trust God is in control. Faith gives us clarity about who we are called to be as children of God, as Christians, and that we are called to God's ministry to reconcile people to him. In other words, faith or the 30,000 feet perspective gives us assurance and peace. I wonder if the reason the one leper came back to say thank you is because he had a 30,000 uh, perspective, feet perspective and could see and appreciate what God is already doing in his life. Jesus says to him, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Does that mean that even though 10 were healed, the other nine were not fully made well? That the healing was only complete for this one? I wonder what happened to the other nine. May I implore you to make this year, 2018, a 30,000 feet perspective year, where you are not constrained by fear or only that which you experience here and now. May this not be a year whose perspective is confined by mistrust and past hearts and unkept promises, but rather a year of renewed perspective that is anchored in faith in God. A 30,000 feet perspective that can see a track record of what God has been doing, how God has intervened in your life situations in the past that sees that God is already doing something in your life and in the world. Let your 30,000 feet perspective empower you to claim God's promises with thanksgiving. As the psalmist says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Amen.